Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. Today we are going to be talking with the writer Yelena De Leon and director Luis Iga Garza about their award-winning slasher film Murder in the Woods. Yelena and Luis, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We're, we're excited to be here and uh, talk about Murder in the Woods. Thank you for having us. We're super excited to to be here, and we're very excited that you guys like the movie. So we're looking forward to to talking with you, girls. Yes, we loved the movie, and um, we just appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, I know you're both very, very busy. Um, also, thank you for sending us the screener to the film. Spencer and I actually saw it in the theater a few weeks ago, and Yelena, I sorry we missed you. I know you were there doing a meet and greet afterwards. Um, we walked out into the lobby, <laughs> didn't see anyone. So we left because we had a really long drive home. Um, but I actually rewatched the movie again last night and Mindy has already watched it twice this weekend and we all loved it. So let's just start talking about it. All right. So Murder in the Woods was released on August 14th in theaters and drive-ins around the U.S., and then it came on digital and VOD release on September 18th. Congrats on that. I did notice that on IMDb that the initial release date was back in 2017. Was that just a limited release back then? What were the circumstances that led from the initial 2017 release to this nationwide theater drive-in in VOD release this year. Yelena, do you want to answer that? Um, sure. So we actually um, did a festival run. That's what that was. So it wasn't a theatrical release or anything like that. We just went, we did a lot of festivals. We um, won some awards. We did Macabre. We went to the Chicago Latino Film Festival. We actually premiered um, at the Festival Internacional uh, Cine de Guadalajara here in Los Angeles. So it's a uh, fig in L.A. And then we also did the L.A. Skins uh, Festival. So we did really, really well on the festival circuit. We took it to Denver. We took it to Portland. Um, and uh, so that's why you see the 2017 release. But it wasn't it was just for festivals. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I, I saw that you guys won like nine awards on this film or something like that. Yes, we, we, we did very well. We did very well. And yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that you can call like things that they don't teach you at film school, right? <laughs> um, everybody is so excited to put their credits on IMDb and everything. And that's something that nobody should do until your film is going to be really released. Because I've, even though you can see it on Rotten Tomatoes and you can see it in every other platform, that the release is 2020, IMDb will not change it. I've, we've requested multiple times uh, and they will not change it because <clears throat> they have it as a 2017 wide release and it wasn't a wide release. We just work with the movie, traveling with the movie with festivals, which a lot of movies do. And now because they do that, they get a hard date. Um, you know, so that's, you know, it's, it's been it's been a battle with them. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's good to know because I honestly had not heard of this movie um, until this year, until just recently. Um, so I was wondering why if it was around for three years. But thank you for, for clarifying that. Um, and as I mentioned, Yelena, you wrote this movie. Luis, you directed it. Uh, you both also helped produce it as well. Have you guys worked together before? How did you come together to make this film? Who approached who? 
Well, when I was, uh, when, I, when we were at USC, that's where we met. We were one of the few Latinos. And uh, I had this, uh, this domestic violence survivor approach me to create, you know, uh, she wanted to tell her story. And it was a very inspirational story. And then I was looking for a writer to partner up with <clears throat> to write the screenplay and work on this project together. And I met Yelena at a mixer at USC. Uh, it was, I think, her first semester. It was my second or third semester there. And we started working on that project. Um, we developed it. She wrote it. And it was just taking, you know, I was hitting the, my, the investors really hard and pushing and pushing and pushing until this guy <clears throat> told me, you know, I don't have this much money, but what can you do with this much? And I was like, oh, I have a great horror film. Um, we should do that one. And he's like, okay, let's do it. So then, and we didn't have anything. So I go to Yelena and I'm like, hey, we have to write a horror film. Um, but we're lucky that we both love uh, slashers and we both love the, um, you know, we grew up with those movies from Wes Craven and, and John Carpenter. So that's, you know, so we developed the movie together, literally sounds cliche, but we sat down in a coffee shop and on a napkin. And then we started just developing the, you know, what the movie was going to be, the beats, um, and also putting our resources together uh, where we're going to shoot it. Had done some, uh, a short film in Topanga. They had an awesome location. And then she's worked with other actors, uh, some of the actors in the movie in, in, in the past, uh, in a movie called A Better Life and other projects. So we started like brainstorming and then we, we came out with the, with the idea and, and, uh, and then she went up and, and, and wrote it. So I know that I've said this, we both, Sharon and I have both said this like a million times, but I loved this movie and enjoyed every damn minute of it. Um, I was saying to Luis earlier before we started recording that I feel weird saying I had a blast watching it, but it's one of those slasher movies I think that is a blast to watch. Um, the title of the film, Murder in the Woods, sounds pretty self-explanatory, but there's definitely more to the movie than that. Without getting too spoilery, can you tell us a little bit about the story of the film? Yeah, you want to take that one? <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, maybe you should ask the writer. That's such a hard question to answer with this kind of movie. Um, because, yeah, it's hard not to give away spoilers. It is a very fun slasher. I'm, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it because it's one of those movies that we really made uh, for people to enjoy and just have fun with. You know, it's like it's one of those movies. I'm like, if you are talking to the screen, then I know that I did a good job writing. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. It's about six six uh young people who go out and tell to celebrate a birthday um but there's they go to a cabin in the woods and then mysterious things start happening and that's because there's a secret that the cabin holds that nobody knows and so i will say i love whodunits so it is a whodunit and uh like you said it's a lot more than what the title says murder in the woods um it's so funny because i you know i i rarely read uh, reviews or things like that because you either get it or you don't get it you either you know love this kind of movie or you don't but um, I remember reading was it uh, Roper in uh, Chicago sometimes which I'm from Chicago so I was just like oh my god he gets me um, he called it darkly funny and I was like yes okay great he gets it he gets it <laughs> I love that so I will say that it's one of those movies that um, you have to watch over and over again in the sense that you might have missed some things because every time I watch it, I'm, I watch it, you know, 3,000 times for quality control. 
And uh, I'm, I'm just like, wow, it's like an onion that you peel. And every time you watch it, you just like learn more things. And you're like, oh, wow, how did I miss that? You know, so it's one of those movies where you can have it on the background and have fun and you can like rewatch it. And uh, it's just a very fun, fun ride. I've only rewatched it twice and I already noticed things that I was like, whoa, I totally didn't even notice that the first time. So I'm sure there's more rewatches in my future. <laughs> All right. Um, Luis, I have a quote from you that I want to read. Quote, I realized that this type of film had never been done in English for a mainstream audience where Latinos and people of color are the leads and they are not portrayed in stereotypical ways. This is why, while developing this indie feature, we were very conscious of making sure that there would be a diverse cast in lead roles. End quote. So I think this is great. You're completely right. There is not a lot of diversity in typical Hollywood movies and especially in the horror genre. So how did you go about tackling that issue while making this movie so that it represents the Latino community in ways that you don't normally see in films? So when uh, it goes back to when we, you know, when I met Yelena, we both had that goal. We both, you know, we saw the lack of representation, especially I mean, we, we, we started developing this in 2014 and when we shot it in 2015. So we were ahead of the, of, the, of the game. Now it's cool to do this in Hollywood and everybody's supposedly behind it, uh, which I, I, you know, what you can see is more talk than walk um, in, in, in the actual, in, the, in, in, in reality. So we, we both love these movies and we never saw us represented. And, you know, and, and yesterday I was, I was shooting a project Helping a, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jimmy, who who does f- food reviews, and you know he he's he has some assistance from one of them is a it's a Latino kid, Mexican kid from USC, and he just started doing film, and he's like, oh, I didn't get into the film school. I'm in you know this other in, in uh, uh, he's in another school, not the film school, but he's pursuing film because he didn't know he could do it. He's like, you know, as a as a people of, as a person of color, I never thought I could pursue something like this until I met this professor and she told me that I could and I should, that I was talented. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's what we made this movie. It's like, look, you guys can do it. We can do it. Uh, and we've done it. So that's, so for me, that's, that's the very fulfilling. Um, and we're, you know, that's the, that's what we're, what, that's what we did this movie for is to show all those young creatives that, you know, si se puede, that we can do this. And if we stick together, you know, we're going to be able to have us, you know, in lead roles in non-stereotypical ways because you, you can start seeing Latinos now more, but they're always in stereotypical ways, part of a cartel or, or, or cholos or, you know, or, 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 you know, maids and, you know, so it's, it's about having Latinos in, in main roles without stereotypes. That's, you know, that was her goal from the, from the get-go. I will say that um, as an actor, I've portrayed a lot of stereotypes myself, and I know the kind of work that's out there. I have a lot of friends who are actors, and I read scripts weekly. I mean, it's not changing. Uh, you know, they say it's changing. It's very, it's a very, very slow change. And so that was like a, a main goal that we both had. We're like, okay, we want to make sure that we can be that change that we want to see, because it's taking Hollywood forever and ever and a day to actually give us roles that are not two lines here, three lines there, you know, uh, where we have to have the thickest accents you've ever heard. <laughs> um, you know, that that was like a, a main concern for me because I have been in the industry as an actor and um, and I just wanted to make sure that I can give opportunities to up and coming talent. 
um, where they can just, you know, have actual arcs. And these archetypes were so fun to write because I always knew I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, we, we auditioned everybody. I mean, everybody was, was uh, able to come to the audition, but I always knew like, I was a casting director on this. Welcome to indie filmmaking. Um, so I always knew I was like, okay, um, you know, whoever whoever is is the best actor is going to get this. But at the same time, we both were in agreement that we wanted to make sure that we could cast uh, people of color in lead roles. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to find the talent. Uh, you know, uh, which I I mean. I I love seeing them on the big screen. I love seeing them on the poster. I'm just like, look, Brown is beautiful, guys. Um, so that's been our message from day one. And, uh, you know, something I'm really proud of because, like I said, you know, you can turn on the TV right now and it's not representative of um, of what, you know, this country looks like at least, you know, even or the world. Um, and like we said, it's a lot of talk, but we actually uh, we, we walked the walk and we did it. So uh, hopefully other people will will uh, follow suit. Although it's funny because I'm like, yeah, just like Christopher Columbus didn't discover America, all of a sudden everyone's discovering Latinos. I'm like, guys, we've been here. I don't know what you're talking about. Like we've been here. Um, <laughs> like where, where's the Latino talent? Where's the Latino actors? Where's the Latino writers? Where's the Latino directors? Oh, we can't find any. I'm like, really? Because I know so many. Um, and you know, we've all been here working really hard. So. I hope uh, I hope it's finally going to open up because those numbers are horrible. It's like three percent, you know. Uh, I think they just did another study recently, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I don't even want to read it because I know I know that um, you know the numbers are are very low. Um, so I'm just grateful to our, our investors that they you know uh, actually believed in the project and uh, and that we were able to make it with our vision. I have to say, you did a phenomenal job casting this film. I mean, every single performance was great. I, and I had not, you know, they're all kind of like up and coming unknown actors and actresses. Um, but I hope they all go on to have very, very successful careers because they're amazing. I mean, that's one of the things that made this film so good is that you you don't always see that type of star performance in a, in a horror movie. I agree with Sharon about the cast. Absolutely amazing. One of the other things, though, that I really loved about the movie that you don't, or at least I feel like you don't find in quote-unquote traditional Western or American horror movies is I loved how, I'm going to say how religion was discussed and played a part in the film, specifically between the two leads when discussing family tradition as something that's taken a little bit more seriously instead of being written off as like superstition or, oh, my grandma, isn't she kooky? Ha, ha, ha. Like in Murder in the Woods, religion and tradition adds weight to the story, raises the overall stakes in the horror and the tension in the film, and it's done in a way that I feel, again, rarely gets acknowledged in typical, quote-unquote, horror Hollywood movies. Um, Probably because those are traditionally made with mostly white actors and producers and directors and writers and completely lack cultural references, or if they do have any, they're referenced, but are usually either appropriated or stereotypical. So that just added like a whole other element to the movie that was something I'm not always familiar with, but that just, it drove it home, drove the the story home for me a little bit more. And that's all I'm going to say, because I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but I loved it. (laughs) Well, that's that's when you can tell that a movie was written, directed, and produced by people that 
are part of that world in the yeah. sense of they lived it versus a Google search, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you see all these, um, you know, all these other, you know, movies talking about, you know, Latino culture and, and Mexican culture, and you watch them and they're full of cliches and you can just tell there were Google searches. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the reality. So, so I mean, and that's why we need diverse, you know, diverse people behind the camera and in front of the camera because we have different experiences that other people don't because where we come from, our culture, and that's why in the movie, so organic because that's how we talk. That's how we have conversations with our family members um, and reminisce on what um, our, you know, what we talked about with our gr grandparents or our parents or the stories they tell you to scare you so you don't do bad things. Um, you know, Yelena has a great, a great, great uh, story on how, you know, this was a letter to her grandmother and how, you know, the, the inspiration for the writing and the stories. So, Yael, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, well, thank you for recognizing that because I will say that one of the biggest challenges as a writer, as a female, as a woman of color has been to really have genuine moments. And I think that that's the key word is genuine, authentic moments. Um, especially when it comes to religion, because when people don't understand something, they will just kind of just brush it off. And I, I, many times I've been asked to change things, you know, and I'm like, well, that's not the story. That's not the vision. And that's, you know, I'm being as true as I can to what I know, which is what you're supposed to do when you're a writer. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had those challenges. So this was the first time that I didn't have to explain cultural references to someone because we were making the film ourselves. And I really resonated with a lot of people. And even if you don't understand it, the fact that it's like educating and that you found that, uh, you know, a, a value to me is amazing. I, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, this movie actually was a love letter to my grandmother because when I was a child, we would take every summer, we would take the Greyhound bus from Chicago all the way to Mexico, which was like 36 hour trek, probably 40 sometimes. I mean, it was, it was a long road. And so at night we would always cross Texas and Texas, if you know anything about Texas, I mean, it's, it's flatland, it's dark, there's nothing out there, you know, we're on a Greyhound bus and I'm like this bored kid. <laughs> and my grandmother would tell me these horror stories and they were my bedtime stories so that I wouldn't be bored and so that I would go to sleep. But all of these horror stories were, were stories from our culture. So it could be about La Llorona, it could be about the Chupacabras, it could be about the Duendes, who are like uh, little little dwarfs that steal kids at night when, when they're out because they're not supposed to be out at night. And uh, my grandmother would tell me these stories in first person because that's the kind of storyteller that she was. So she would say, you know, she'd tell me these stories like, oh, and then, you know, I went out late at night after my mom told me not to. And so I went to this place that, you know, um, they had dancing and all of a sudden I was dancing with this man that turned into the devil and his handprint was left on my, on my back. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. You know, because she would tell me these stories in first person. So I really thought that all this stuff happened to her, you know? Uh, and they were just amazing, amazing horror stories. I mean, um, and that was really the inspiration for this. Um, and what I loved about it is that there was always a message. There was always something to be learned, a moral, you know. Um, and so I really tried to pour that into this love letter to my grandmother. She already passed away, but I know that she would be very proud <laughs> uh, watching this movie and knowing that, um, you know, that it's out in, in the theaters and that people are watching it and that they're loving it. Because that that's that's a very um, it's a very traditional thing for grandparents to do. 
um, and, and parents as well, but to, you know, scare the living hell out of you so that you won't do things that are bad. <laughs> and we listen, you know, we listen because yeah, I don't want the devil's handprint on my back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I thank you. We were actually going to ask if there were any family traditions or connections with religion that inspired you to write this film. So thank you for answering that for us. Um, that's awesome. Uh, but I, yeah, I that resonated with me so much because I think it felt so authentic, and so it I just felt like that added so much more to the overall story all the way through to the very end. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, um, to change gears slightly um, on a technical uh, level, I really loved the cinematography in this movie. And I know the word indie has been thrown around a few times, but this didn't feel like an indie film to me at all. Um, specifically the cinematography, I just thought the shots were gorgeous, but then the transitions between the flashbacks and present day action Again, spoilers, I won't elaborate on details, but um, I feel like that's a technique that's rarely used in horror movies. Uh, Luis, what else do you think sets this movie apart from normal slasher fix, flicks other than what we've already mentioned, but also on a technical level, if, if there's anything that you can think of? Well, so I've been meeting a lot of great people in, in Hollywood. Um, I was an assistant to Robert Gold in the movie The Call, in the art department, and he's a he's a Hollywood veteran. I mean, he he was nominated for an Oscar for the artist for Master and Commander, and he's done you know you know tens of films. He's been in the business for for forty five years. Uh, his father was an AD to Hitchcock. So Bobby is full of amazing stories. He's he's super creative, <clears throat> and so you know I built a relationship with him, and he helped a lot in the in the art department, and also. Um, you know, he came with me to Panavision and uh, we were talking to, you know, the executives of Panavision and we were able to get the grant. So we got the Panavision grant to shoot the movie. So the, the, the lenses are Panavision lenses um, and the cameras on Alexa. So that's why the movie looks so good is because of the um, of the people behind us. Another a co-producer on the movie, Hugh. Hugh, he's a stunt coordinator and a stuntman in the business. He's done, you know, over 200 projects. And he's also somebody that I, you know, met through a project. And, you know, he believed in me and he's been very supportive. And he was also, you know, part of the stunts and a lot of the, a lot of the action stuff that happens in the movie. So that's why, you know, the quality of the movie is Hollywood is because we use Hollywood equipment and we use Hollywood people but at a friend's rate, <laughs> As, uh, we believe in you, we believe in you, we, you know, we know you're going to go far and, you know, next project, I know you're going to hire us, you know, so, so we're lucky. And then to your point about the, the flashbacks in forward, I, I was looking for something that I haven't done before in something that, you know, resonated and also made it a little, a little, you know, a little creepy because you always want the audience asking questions when they're watching a movie you know if they're not asking questions you're going to lose them right you don't you you don't want them to get ahead of you uh, because that's when people lose interest in in, in in film so i thought of, of of ideas to keep people wondering like what's going on ask you want the audience ask 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 questions all the time so so that's why um, i thought about using those techniques 
Well, mission accomplished because (laughs) from start to finish, I was constantly like, what is going on? Um, And really quickly, I also wanted to just second what Sharon had said earlier about the actors and actresses in the film. Um, In good storytelling, it doesn't matter white, brown, green, purple, whatever. I found every single actor to be and their characters to be completely engaging, relatable, but also extremely talented, as we've, as we've covered. And it's just so refreshing to see and hear other voices in a genre that I love so much, but unfortunately just isn't very diverse. So once again, thank you both for making this, because I think it, it, it's much needed. Well, thank you for that. I will say that uh, because uh, they're all people of color, you don't know who's going to go first. And I think that that makes it even <laughs> funner to watch because usually it's the token you know, person of color that goes first. And I'm like, aha, you don't know who it's going to be. You have no idea who's next. <laughs> so I, I thought that was really fun. Um, that, that's but awesome. Yeah, well, this, was something, this was something that Luis and I, like we, we made the movie that we would have loved to watch when we were growing up because this is something, you know, even to this day, we don't have that kind of representation. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it's 2020. I'm like, all right, well, it was time. <laughs> if not now, then when, you know? Right. Long overdue. <laughs> yeah. And going to, that one one just to to add to what yell saying is an interesting part of the casting process uh on the auditions so as a director when somebody comes to audition i don't give them any note i just have them start reading right away just ask them if they have any questions that's it i don't give any direction or anything i just want to see what the actors got from the material you know the majority of the actors you know the you know where just they would go for the stereotype right away the first read was very stereotypical. They would have accents. They would act the cholo part, the, the gangster, the gang member. And that was so, you know, because that's what they're asked to do in auditions mm-hmm. all the time. So it was very eye-opening for us. We're like, no, 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 no. This is not like you are hanging out with your friends. Like you're, this is not, you know, you're not in a gang. This is you're, you're and your friends, you know, from, from, from college. And your guys are planning this, this awesome trip to go party it up, live it up. And for me, that was very eye-opening and very, you know, it's sad in many ways because like Yelena said, it's like they only get a couple of lines here or there. They don't have the opportunity to actually go through a whole um, through a whole arc in, in, in a movie. So, you know, we're very happy that, you know, people are liking this project so we can keep that change going. Yeah, we saw that with the wardrobe. It was interesting to see them like even showing up with certain wardrobe and it, it's not written in there. There was no accents. None, none of that was written. It was just like what they were bringing to the audition, which was, a, like he said, very eye-opening. And uh, believe it or not, like a lot of the actors, I mean, like I said, we auditioned everybody. The ones that got cast are the ones that actually uh, scared the hell out of us and made us really believe like, wow, have you really died before in real life? Because, man, you, you you got it. You nailed it, you know? Um, but but there is some actors that that you know that would come in and they they didn't even have the experience of auditioning for a horror film because they're just not you know those opportunities have not been out there for a person of color so it was interesting to see their take on it because i was like wow like you know that has to do with the lack of experience um so hopefully that's you know that's going to change now um but i will say like I remember um, Chelsea, who's uh, one of the lead actresses. I had worked with her before in A Better Life. It's a movie that came out in 2011. It's Academy Award-winning drama. And so I wrote the role for her in mind because I've always said, you know what, you're a lead character and I I don't want to see on stereotypes. So I wrote that role for her. 
And she actually was the associate producer um, and she helped us out with casting. So we were doing chemistry reads. And I remember <laughs> one of the auditions, I look over and I see her under the desk, like under the table. I was like, what in the world? And she was that scared. That's how good our actor scared the hell out of her. And he actually got cast. So I will say like, you know, uh, you can't fake being, you know, you can't fake fear. And so um, all the, all these actors, I mean, they brought it, they brought their A game. Wow. Yeah. No, they, they totally did. And it, it shows, I mean, it was incredible. I think every, every part in this movie like blew me away with how talented everyone was. Um, and speaking along the lines of casting, how did Danny Trejo become part of the film? He plays Sheriff Lorenzo and you aren't really quite sure what to make of him. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And I'm not going to say, cause as we said, no spoilers. Um, but I will say that as usual, he's great and just seemed completely perfect for the role. Did you have him in mind when you wrote that character? Absolutely. From the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we're, the, when we're sitting down in that coffee shop, it was, we said it there and then we're like, this character, this has to be Danny Trejo, nobody else. And we did have, we did not have plan B. We're already shooting the movie and there's no plan B. It was going to be Danny Trejo, no matter what. Um, so, yeah. So, I met uh, Danny's assistant at, a, at an event, M Michael, and then Michael, he loves working in the art department, so he uh, actually ended up helping us in the, in, in the art department in the movie. And, uh, and, then, and then we went, and then Michael introduced me to Gloria, uh, Danny's agent. She, she's been very helpful, very supportive of the project. And, uh, you know, but Danny's very, you know, he's very busy. If he's not doing a movie, He's helping, you know, he's doing a charity run. He's talking, um, you know, he goes to prisons and gives inspirational talks to other prisoners. And, you know, he just, uh, you know, he's a staple of, of, of his community. I mean, he, he helps so much. So he's a very busy and a very hard person to, you know, to get a hold of. And, you know, so we were, you know, we had already given the offer to Gloria and we were talking to her, but we did not, we haven't received an, an answer and we, we needed, we, his date, started like three days away and we're still we don't have a plan b and then yelena has a story about that you cannot make this up i wish you could you can't <laughs> so when i tell you that that casting danny was a dream come true i literally mean it was a dream come true because um like we said we had been you know in talks with his agent for months literally but because he's so busy like we didn't know and i was like nope we're not going to cast it there was a point where that question came up like should we have auditions for that role and then it was like nope the answer was no because we always knew no it's going to be danny so this is like like he said three days before we actually like need him on set and um you know we're working 18 hour days because it was we were shooting in Topanga canyon from like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So they're night shoots. You know, everyone's exhausted. It's cold. It's, you know, it's 19 degrees, which, yes, I'm from Chicago, so that shouldn't be cold. But uh, <laughs> it's a different kind of cold because it's, you know, it's California cold. And so um, it was a very long day. But I remember having this dream. And in my dream, um, Danny was in my dream, and I elevator pitched him. And I was like, hi, I'm Yulina Zileon. I'm a writer. You know, I'm from USC. And I pitched him in 30 seconds, like, to be in, my to be in the movie. And he was like, uh, when would you need me? And I was like, tomorrow. He was like, okay, yes, I'm in. And I remember like, I woke up and I was so like, 
freaking happy because I felt like it was real. Like I thought it was real. I called Luis and I was like, we got Danny. And he's like, we did. And I was like, I was like, yes. And then I'm like, oh wait, my bad. No, sorry. That was just a dream. And because it felt so real. It felt so real. And so I was just like, oh man, I, I don't know why I had that dream, but okay. So flash forward. Um, it was one of those really cold nights and uh, I had gone to pick up an RV, which was like really far away, but I was the only person I could leave set. So I had this RV that I tried to get into Topanga Canyon, but the steeps were, I mean, it was the, the hills were very, you know, it was like very steep. So I couldn't get it in there. It would have bottomed out basically. So I had to end up returning it. And this after like an 18 hour day. And I was like, are you serious? Oh my God, I'm exhausted. So I had this crew member with me that was going to drive me back. And I was like, you know what? I'm hungry. Let's just like uh, stop and eat. So we returned the RV. I'm talking about like Marina Del Rey. Then from there, we went to Venice and we went to go eat at this restaurant. And I was just like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm done. So we're going back towards the car and I opened the car door and I look over and this is the, we parked right in front of the restaurant. So there was another restaurant right next to it. It was like a California wrap place. And I look inside and I'm like, oh my God, like what? Oh my God. Look, it's Danny Trejo. <laughs> And the crew member was like, um, yell, you're delirious. I think you've, you're working too hard. Like, that's just the Mexican man. And I'm like, that is not just a Mexican man. I was like, I know Danny Trejo when I see Danny Trejo. That is Danny Trejo. So I like beelined inside. I, I went to the counter. You know, I didn't want to be like paparazzi or anything because I, I mean, he was eating. You know, you cannot, you cannot like uh, talk to a lion. You can't disturb a lion when he's eating. So I was like, all right, I'm going to like chill. So I get to the front of the counter and I'm like, all right, what should I order? And I, t I asked the crew guy, I was like, so what do you want to eat? And he says really loudly, like really loudly. He was like, we just ate. And I'm like, oh my God, if looks could kill right now, you would be a character in the sequel for Murder in the Woods. Because honestly, I was just, I'm, it's called improvising. Oh my God. I was so like embarrassed, but I was like, okay, whatever. So then I look up at the counter and I'm like, okay, the cheapest thing on the menu was a cookie and a soup. So I ordered a cookie and a soup. That's what I ordered because, you know, we just eat eaten. So finally, like, we're waiting for our order. And then I see this girl get up and she leaves. That was Danny's daughter. I didn't know that at the time, but it was his daughter. She went to go get the car. So I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I'm going to go talk to him. And all of a sudden he gets up. He goes to the bathroom. As soon as he comes out of the bathroom, the entire restaurant, everybody there, the cashiers, the line cooks, I mean, everybody, the bus boys, they all come out. There's like 30 people. They're like, oh, can we get a picture with you? And then I was like, oh, great. There goes my opportunity, right? Because they're all, they're all surrounding him. So then I had about like uh, 10 seconds and 20 feet between the time that he's about to exit the building. And I literally just go up to him and I gave him my elevator pitch like in my dream. And he, he, I was like, yeah, we've been talking to Gloria. He's like, oh, you have? And then he's like, well, when would you need me? And I said, actually, this Friday. He's like, this Friday? And I said, yes. He goes, okay, well, let me check my schedule with Gloria and I'll let you know. So we take a picture. I send it to Luis and I'm like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. And he's like, what? I was like, yes, <laughs> manifesting. And so I don't know, like three hours later, I think it was like three hours later, we get the call and his agent was like, he's in. <gasps> so I mean, dreams do come true. I will say that. <laughs> Literally. Wow. Well, Literally. thanks for confirming my suspicions because the entire time watching it, I was like, they had to have written this for him because he's just too perfect. So that's an awesome story. That is amazing. Yes, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, man. So how many days did he actually film with you guys? He, believe it or not, he was only with us one day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. 
That's amazing. Movie magic, people. <laughs> you know, just because again, we we're you know we're small budget movies, so we just have to maximize his time on set. So what I did is I just shot him uh, all day, uh, his side, and then um, and the next day we shot the flip, the flip side, with uh, with the stand-in, and his stun his stun court his stun man Norm. Uh, he was also really awesome and supportive of the movie. Uh, so Norm was with us a couple of days. Uh, and then on the second day, he he was Danny Trejo's, uh, you know, he was the the back of Danny Trejo uh, <laughs> for, for the overs. But he he's also Latino. So, he, you know, again, it's like it, it was very exciting to just work with 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 with, it, with the diverse cast and, 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 and crew on this movie. But, yeah, we just had to. <laughs> As a director, I just had to, you know, know exactly what I needed and then just go for it. Yeah, you have to be really creative sometimes when it comes to that. And um, did you guys um, attend a screening with him afterwards? What was his reaction? He's been very busy. I mean, we, we've we done some interviews with him, um, but he's he's so busy that he's seen the movie at home. Uh, but he was, he hasn't been able to attend to the screenings and, and everything, because again, he's always on a, on a film set. If you go to his IMDb, he has like over, I don't know, 400 credits. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and like I said, what he's not, he's somebody that doesn't like to sit around. He's somebody that likes to be working or helping or, you know, inspiring people. He's, you know, he's, he's a springboard for a lot of talent, um, in many ways, because he likes to be in movies, like even, even student films. His son is also a director and he just directed him in a movie that's coming out soon. So he's just, you know, always helping. And if he's not doing that, he's doing like food drives, you know, right now with COVID, he's out and about and, and, you know, always, you know, very, very protected of himself with his mask and very careful, but he's out and about, you know, raising money. I mean, raising food and giving food to, to homeless and different uh, organizations, the same thing with, like I said, he goes to different prisons and talks about, um, you know, gives them hope that, you know, there's there's a lot at the end of the tunnel. And so, I mean, he's overall a, a true, a really amazing human being and, and a great actor because once he steps on set, like the, the whole the whole set changes. It's, you know, everybody brings their, they're forced to bring their A game. Um, and it, it just, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's hard to describe his, you know, the experience of having him on set because it's the man just glows and he's just amazing. He really is. And I'm glad that he was able to be in your film, just like you guys plan. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I know we are running out of time here. So I wanted to do a quick lightning round with you guys. So just, um, we'll start with, uh, Yelena first, um, first horror movie that you've ever watched. That I remember watching, uh, I want to say Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, the, or The Exorcist. I don't remember right now. What do those do? <laughs> and Louise? Friday, the 13th. I think that was mine too. <laughs> all right. Favorite horror movie or movies of all time, if you can't think of just one? Yelena? Um, oh my God. Oh my God. I, um, <laughs> it's a Japanese movie. Uh, they're on an island. What the heck is it called? Help me, help me. Um, Ooh, Mindy. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Yes, thank oh. you, thank you, thank you. Yes, nice one, Spencer. All right, and Luis. I would have to say because this is a movie that inspired me to to be, 
you know, director and pursue movie magic, which is Star Wars, believe it or not. Okay. Good. Interesting answer. I like that. <laughs> when I was seven years old. So- <laughs> We won't do the math. We won't figure no, out. No, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. Was it favorite horror film or favorite film overall? It was favorite horror, but, you know. Oh, sorry. I thought film overall. I was like, since when is Star Wars a horror film? Like, I don't know. I got to rewatch it. <laughs> you know. Ho- oh, horror. Horror is so subjective. There's some scary parts. <laughs> one of the one of my favorite horror movies that I really enjoy was The Hills Have Eyes. Ooh, yeah. The original? Yeah, the original. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, This question I wrote for Yelena specifically because she's a Chicago girl like we are. But Luis, you can answer too if you have an answer to this. Favorite Chicago pizza place? Ah, that's easy for me. It's Naples. It's on the south side in the back of yards. I think they have a bunch of different locations now. But if you have not tried it, it is a must. It's Naples pizza. And where, where exactly are you from in Chicago? If you don't mind saying. No, back of the yards. That's where you were you grew up? Yeah, on the south side of the back in the back of the yards. That's right. Awesome. And are you familiar with Chicago pizza, Luis? I've been to Chicago a few times and I love it. It's like a big city with a uh, Midwest friendliness. So I really love Chicago. Um, if it wasn't for the cold weather, I would probably live there, tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, because it's like, you know, it's a big city, big a lot of energy, but just people are, you know, super, super nice. But so I've been to a lot of pizza places, but I'm really bad. It's just like my friends take me and I, I just don't even remember the name of the place. They, 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 they take me. I'm very bad with names of all sorts. I'm a visual person, you know, and my jobs always, you know, when I was before I was a filmmaker, you know, I was a graphic art. I'm, I'm still a graphic artist. Like all the graphic design that you see on the movie has been me. So it's, um, you know, so they call me picture boy because it's like my, <laughs> I, I'm a visual person. So I remember if I see a face. If I see something, I'll remember it forever. But names of people, you know, names of places, I'm really bad. But yes, I've had amazing deep dish pizza in in, in Chicago for sure. (laughs) Okay, well, I was going to simplify it and say uh, thin crust or deep dish. Deep dish. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's real Chicago pizza right there. Fuck that New York shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, they, they're always like, we're the best. I'm like, oh, you haven't had deep dish Naples pizza. <laughs> um, and do you have any upcoming projects that you are working on? Yelena, if you want to start first. Uh, I do. Well, I actually was supposed to be shooting something this summer um, that I wrote and directed. It's a it's a comedy called Bringing Up Julio. However, as you know, the world shut down. So uh, <laughs> yeah. everything just kind of on hold, which is it's OK because I've been writing. I've been finishing up uh, a lot of the other scripts that I have. Um, so, you know, we're just in a hold right now to see what uh, what's going to come next. But uh, the phones are ringing and everyone's asking and I'm like, OK, well. Let's see. Um, I, I don't know which one's going to be next, but I do have several several scripts, um, some horror scripts, uh, some slashers, of course, um, no spoilers, but everyone keeps asking if uh, Murder in the Woods has a sequel, which is always a possibility. We don't know. Um, we have no idea. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, right now, it's just a matter of, you know, uh, seeing what happens with the with the industry, because it is coming back in a much different different way. And um, a lot of the projects have to add about 25% more in budget just, you know, due to COVID and stuff, you know, just to make sure that we're following safety protocols. So that's always an issue as well. 
because now you need more money to make a movie. So we'll see. Right now, I've been just full time on this movie and just making sure that people know about it, that people are, are you know, going to the drive ins and seeing it. Um, the VOD release as well on September 18th. Like we've been really uh, working really hard just to make sure that everybody knows about it. So I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for going out to see it. I, I'm so bummed, Sharon, that I wasn't able to uh, see you or your husband. I don't know. Maybe you guys are ghosts because <laughs> I, I, looked for, I looked for you guys and I was like, where are they? Um, or maybe I'm a ghost because you didn't see me either. So, But it was a nice theater. It was a really big, big theater. I will say that. So maybe we just kind of like miss each other because I think you said you went to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, and I think I was, I was getting the poster up because we had to, you know, we had to put up our by the step and repeat. So I was busy doing that. But um but yeah, we were in the same space, so that's kind of awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So thank you, thank you for uh, for asking that. But um, you can always find out, you know, what I'm up to next, especially actors, because I know they're like, "Oh my god, what are you working on?" And I, I always love to, uh, you know, give opportunities to up and coming actors, especially from Chicago. I will say that, <laughs> like uh, the main role, Fernanda, I wrote um, her backstory being from Chicago because that was like really important for me to to represent that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you can always go to my social media, um, at Yelena de Leon, both on Instagram and on Facebook. Also my web page is Yelena de Leon.com. And for more info on the movie, you can go to murder in the woods movie.com, which always has the updated listings and where you can find, um, the movie, which is out on VOD now. So please check it out, watch it, support, let people know about it. Um, like share, um, you know, tell your friends, tell your enemies, all those mean <laughs> girls that need to see themselves in movies, they can see themselves in this movie. <laughs> all your exes that you want to see themselves in this movie, they can go and do the same thing. So <laughs> it's one of those movies. It's a fun movie. I'm legitimately waiting to buy it on on Blu-ray. Like as soon as I watched it the first time, I was like, this is a must own for me. So I'm very, very excited about owning this movie. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll have to sign, we'll have to send you a signed copy then. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Awesome. I will message you on social. (laughs) (laughs) And Luis, is there anything that you're working on? Yeah, so I've been, um, so we've been developing this animated comedy with John Cryer's production company for a few years now. So we started to pitch that again. Uh, So that's exciting. And uh, on the film side, also some horror, uh, it's an action film that I'm writing that I'm pretty excited about because I took this time of COVID to write something because uh, I had the, you know, the, you know, the time and uh, it was, it was, I was, I was stuck in Miami, which is not a bad place to be stuck in during quarantine. So, so that was, that was pretty, pretty inspiring. And also um, another, another horror film, you know, in this business, you need to have like 20 projects, like 20 irons in the fire. You never know which one's going to go. Um, it's like you, the one that you think is going to go sooner is usually not the one that goes is the one that you least expect that is going to go. That's what's happening. So, and I've also been directing and producing video games, um, for a company that is based in, uh, in Poland. So I've been traveling a lot to, uh, to Krakow. Wow. In Poland. Well, you guys aren't sitting around. That's pretty (laughs) cool. You're pretty busy. Um, I just wanted to say in closing, again, thank you for joining us today. Uh, but I think, and I want Hollywood to hear me loud and clear. Um, when we get super popular, Sharon and I, we'll make sure that we blast this all over social media and all over media in general. But I think the moral of the story here today is that horror is universal. And no matter where you come from, who you are, or what your background is, 
all teenagers or young people will forever think it's fun to go to a secluded cabin in the woods to party, which we all know is never a good idea. And this movie, I think, is a testament to certain universal truths in horror. And you both more than proved that, regardless of who you are or what your background is or where you come from. So well done, both of you. And thank you for making such a blast of Slasher Flick. We love it. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We love the movie. Um, Yeah. Everyone, go on VOD. Find it. Download it. Watch it. And I will be messaging you guys about that (laughs) (laughs) Blu-ray. No, but really, thank you both so much. This has been a pleasure, and your movie's amazing and uh, so much fun. We can't express that enough. Well, thank you for having us. We're, you know, thank you for understanding the movie, and we're super excited to hear that. You got a lot of things that you know some people don't, and you saw the the or the the how genuine the characters were and the storytelling, in you know in the cultural and religious side of things and yeah and you know whoever wants the movie it's available now for on VOD on you know murderinthewoodsmovie.com we have a list of all the different uh, VOD platforms and we're gonna be out on Blu-ray in probably about thirty days from now. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys. Well, thank you again. Um, and stay safe. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out next from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be watching. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening to us. If you become a patron at any level by October 1st, you will receive a trick or treat of our choice. But spoiler, it's going to be all treats. No tricks. You can also rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. It helps us get more exposure. It's free. It only takes a few minutes. You can write us your Halloween stories. Maybe that one time you scared the crap out of someone. Or the time when you were almost murdered in the woods. (laughs) Let us know what you'll be watching in October. We love movie suggestions. You can write us at horrorstalkhorror at gmail.com with all your ghost stories or creepy stories that we can share on our show. Also, please be kind to each other and also be safe. And as always, thanks thanks for getting creepy with us. Sharon, do you want a beer? Uh, Oh my God.